So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Watching the Rays, and I would think maybe sometimes playing for them too, are kind of a weird combination right now of pain and pleasure. It's mostly pleasure, um, but there is some pain involved too. We can talk about the bullpen over the weekend, specifically Jalen Beeks. But right now, it's injuries that's getting them. And yes, they still managed to get it done. Um, I thought it was funny in Sunday's uh, game against Boston, the Little League home run by Yandy Diaz, where, where he 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 did a nice job on a hit and run, actually trying to to bounce the ball through the open infield, which he did, and then he winds up circling the bases as the Red Sox made a couple of bad throws, including one into center field. Uh, and you know he he said he was gassed by the time he got home. I've seen that play ever since myself and my kids have played baseball. I'm sure you see it all the time, Steve. Oh, absolutely. It was. Uh... Well, you know, look, it's exactly what you expect from your leadoff hitter to be able to go around on a, <laughs> on a right. Little League home run. I mean, you know, That's right. Yandy Diaz, the prototypical leadoff hitter, of course. Yeah, right. Um, but, it, you know, that's – look, they they sent Manuel Margot on an aggressive send there mm-hmm. that forced Boston into a bad throw home and then a bad throw to second allowed him to score a run. I mean, that's the Rays' running game right now, and we can talk about that too, 30 straight steals at this point. Incredible. You know, it's putting so much pressure on the other team and their pitchers. And and I, I can't remember the number. They were talking about it in uh, the Rays pregame show the other day of how many of those stolen bases are on the first pitches. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're, I mean, it's we get on base and go. And, yeah. And it's causing havoc for the other teams. It's causing problems for the other pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're really good at it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and – it's you know the Yandy Diaz home run. It was it was because of the aggressive base running that forced that. That's right. You know if they don't send Margot there, mm-hmm. then you know it's not going to be. You're it's not an out. The infielder's not mm-hmm. opening on yeah. the right side. You you know all of that. And he he does a nice job of the hit and run, the old traditional hit and run, and then everything unravels from there. Just and and just the attempt to try to score, um, and him going to second. Diaz, you know saw the throw go past the cutoff guy, so he rounded first on a ground ball to the outfield, and then they try to get him at second. They throw it into center field, and the outfielders are displaced at that point, and then it rolls all the way out to deep center, and he scores. I mean, but you're right. The pressure, the the combination of pressure and power is unlike we've seen in baseball in quite some time. I mean, they are leading the, the uh, you know, Major League Baseball in home runs and, and by a lot. Uh, and then And then now, as you mentioned, the last 30 steals, 30 for 30. Goodness gracious. I mean, this is major league baseball. I know they can't separate from the mound, but what, twice per hitter or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, that's just that's a testament to the athleticism of this team. And again, we've talked about like the rules changes have completely. It's so funny because I think a lot of these things, like everyone's like, well, the Rays and the shifts. And it, so some of it may have been aimed at trying to take, you know, some of the analytics out of baseball that were preventing offense. 
But in a weird way, the Rays have actually benefited more from this in a sense because now you're rewarding athleticism with bigger bases, right? Um, you know how bang, bang these throws down to second base are and steals and things like that by not being able to come off the mound more than twice per at bat, right? Uh, even for that matter, a pitch clock. Because I think a pitch clock is a huge advantage for the runner. I mean, if a guy's going to stand there and hold the baseball, he's only got two choices. He can come to first base or he's going to throw and he's going to have to do it soon. So you kind of know, you know, what the timing is of that. So all this stuff, man, is playing right into their hands in terms of scoring runs and they're exploiting all of it, which is great. It's fantastic. And it's, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, mm-hmm. Neil Solance would appear in mm-hmm. the past, and we really haven't bothered him much this year because he's kind of double two, duty. He's doing two jobs right now, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. People don't realize, you know, how much he's still in, in part of the pregame show, even though the postgame show is now being hosted by others. Right. But he's still doing the pregame show and a lot of the other ancillary duties, as well as being play-by-play guy, which is why we haven't had him on this year yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the Rays are close to having a host soon. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they had three finalists in that auditioned uh, right uh, right before Memorial Day or with you know into that weekend. So I, I don't know the status yet, but um, once we do, we'll get Neil. On. But Neil, last year, every time we had him on, we would talk about you know the future and what's coming. And he said, the pitch clock, the shifts, the bases, all of it's going to benefit the race. He called it well way back. Yeah, yeah. he's been saying that for for as long as we've been discussing those topics, mm-hmm. um, particularly the, the shifts in how athletic their infielders are. That's right. And, 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 the, and part of the athleticism and the speed that they've, you know, one of the things their team has gotten is faster. No doubt. You know, a lot of the moves they've made over the years and the players they have now, they've gotten faster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so the bigger bases and the pitch clock and being able to run, you know, more – it's benefited, and they've been more aggressive in sending guys, too. They really have. They yeah. really have. And they've, they've had a few thrown out at home. Wander was thrown out the other day again at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was at a contact play. The first baseman went home with it. You know, mm-hmm. it happens. You may make them make a play. They did. But yep. but their aggressiveness is helping fuel this 42-19 and 19 start. No doubt. No doubt. They, and they they put so much pressure on you in so many ways. They They don't swing at bad pitches. They take their walks. They're on base all day long, and then they get big hits at big times, um, and that's been the whole thing. Now, maybe this is inevitable. Um, as the season goes on, you're going to have injuries, and this this is always the assassin of any team. Um, but now they're starting to really – you can see them starting to take a little bit bigger bite out of the Rays. So where do you begin? Um, I, I think you start with the fact that Wander Franco, who I think is always the biggest concern just because he's arguably their best player, certainly a superstar in his own right at this point. Um, He's being held out for some extra rest because of a sore left hamstring. And when you hear hamstrings and Wander Franco, that's always that that was an issue a year ago. Um, They've they've avoided that this year so far. Supposedly, you know, you think maybe his offseason situation and and and. process to get ready for the year was better um but he he's nicked up he's banged up and it's going to happen during 162 games but i would still be i would still be curious and i know they watch him but i'd still be curious like what this guy does to prepare every day um is he hydrated is he stretching i mean they watch all that stuff but 
Um, it's just something that seems to be more chronic with him than others. But now you've got other injuries that are that are going to be big. And not the least of which is a guy that everybody doesn't understand maybe why he was still batting in the middle of the order. But Brandon Lau now was scratched within an hour of the first pitch on Sunday. And we were t- I think we were told earlier it was a different injury, but it's his, it's his back. And that's what got Brandon Lau a year ago. And when you hear back um, at any point in time, particularly a, a, a guy who, who swings a bat for a living, that's, that's a very ominous thing, right? That's not a one-day thing necessarily. It may not be a 15-day thing necessarily. You just don't know what he's aggravated. You don't know what caused him to miss most or all of last season a year ago, but it was a back injury. And, and, and even, even just kind of like thinking about the way he's played this year, you know, um, and clearly he's had slumps before. He, he's obviously a streaky type hitter and can carry you with home runs and things like that. But, but now when you hear that, you just wonder how much of this has been, you know, a, a kind of a continuation of what happened to his back last year, whether it's preventative in terms of the way he's swinging or, or not swinging, or if he was playing through some stuff. Um, but if if you had any designs of trading Brandon Lauer or, or a bat for getting another arm in a bullpen, he's probably not going to help you because if he's on the IL. But I would be concerned if I were the Rays, very concerned about a guy like that who had a back injury a year ago and now it's flared up again. It, it's We'll see how long he's out. I mean, earlier this year he had a back problem. It was different than the back injury from last year. Right. This one, what is it? Is it the same thing that's last year? Is it something different? And, and yeah. we're not going to know that for now. Right. Um, they're going to evaluate it. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Rays were supposed to have an off day today at home. They're actually going to play a game and make up from Friday night, the rain out. But it does worry you that it worries you about how his season's going to go. Mm-hmm. However, with Taylor Wall sitting behind him, no, yeah. It doesn't worry you as much as it has in years past. No. no. As Brendan Lau's hitting 199 this season. Mm-hmm. Nine home runs, but only two since the end of April. And Taylor has seven or eight, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, you know, so it worries you. But I'm not as worried as I have been in years past when he's had injuries. Nope. Only because of the guy behind him. Mm-hmm. And, and believe me, if Brendan Lau is hitting, which he's done for a week this year, mm-hmm. yeah, he can carry your team. Right. But he has really struggled the last couple seasons mm-hmm. outside of a couple hot streaks. Right. You know, I, I don't mind seeing Taylor Walls play more at this point. No, you don't. And and then there are those who, who might say, okay, if he plays every day, is, does he have as much success? Or is the secret sauce that, you know, maybe he doesn't. I think it's, I think it's harder to come in and play once in a while or two out of three days and not get that momentum. But we know he can do it defensively, and offensively he's had his best year or his best start of the year anyway, both power and, and for average. And then you have guys that are creeping up. You know, Jose Siri made that great catch to save the second game of the doubleheader on Saturday. He's got a little bit of a bum right shoulder. Um, we mentioned Lau Margot hit the, hit the collision in center field on Saturday, and his ribs are rep, wrapped up, um, but he had to play for Surrey. And then he had Harold Ramirez, who was supposed to have a day off. He had to play for, for Lau. And then Diaz was going to have a DH day. Instead, 
he moved over to third base. He hadn't played third base all year. And then Luke Rayleigh um, spent part of Saturday looking getting an MRI. He's got like a what they call a mild, never heard of this, a mild right intercoastal strain. I had a friend of mine that lived on the intercoastal. It was really nice. You got dolphins jumping around and stuff. Anyway, mild right intercoastal strain. So Rayleigh has to play and take some swings. And would you know, he has a big day. A couple of big knocks for them. Could have mm-hmm. had three, but ended up with a couple of big knocks. So they're you know, they got a bunch of guys out there that are feeling the really more beyond bumps and bruises. They got some dudes that need some time. Um, but they're deep enough to where they would absorb that and still beat the Red Sox six to two on Sunday. And now they play um is an afternoon game, I believe, today. Four o'clock. Yeah, four o'clock with the yeah. makeup game uh from Friday. Mm-hmm. The Rays are now six and one against the Red Sox this year. Nice. If you win today, that's seven and one. And Saturday, you should have swept the doubleheader. Oh, jeez. Now I so did not I'm, see this, but you did. Well, I actually, actually, I was watching, but I, okay, uh, full admittance here. I'm a dance dad. Okay, I got two little girls. They're not that little anymore. Unfortunately, they're growing way up too fast. Um, one's thirteen. One's gonna gonna be twelve in a couple of days. Um, the other one's gonna be fourteen in a month. Anyway. There, so this is the big dance recital. Okay, you have one a year. This is not the competitive dance team, which my younger daughter is in. They have a bunch of contests almost every weekend during the year, it seems. But it's the big show. And there's two shows. They're sort of identical, but not quite, depending on what class you take. Mm-hmm. So they're in both shows. These shows are about two hours plus each. And with a break in between. Um, and so there's 31, I counted them, I think there was 31 different dance numbers. And my kids were, there were three of them they were in the first one and four in the second. <laughs> Buddy, that is love. <laughs> so um, I had to wait a long time to watch them on stage for two minutes. But it was a joy. However, I will admit to having my phone and sneaking a peek at the Rays once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're up, the four, same thing. they're up four to nothing. Not and a dance, thinking, though. No, right, exactly. But they're up four to nothing. You're thinking, well, okay. You know, this is a really good start for them. And then they get to the sixth inning, and Jalen Beeks is on the mound. And then it's just like, well, here comes the Rays bullpen, baby. They just give it up. He gives it up quicker than ever. And the, the really frustrating thing is I think they got six runs. But worse than that, five of them came with two out. How do you give up five runs with two out? They could not get the final out. They needed one pitch away from getting out of it. And they wind up losing, I believe it was eight to five. If I'm not mistaken, but somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for all the games the race, it was, would you say, 42 now? They've won 42 games? Yes. Um, they could easily have won five to six more that I've watched. And I don't watch them all. Mm-hmm. But that was certainly one where the bullpen has just not been able to hold. You know, and, and the thing is, like, of all the years, right, when you finally have an offense, when you put all this pressure on teams, um, and, and, you know, even though they're starting pitching is still coming into shape with Tyler Glass now coming back, who started uh, one of those games over the weekend. Um, the bullpen has been the thing, and it's going to continue to be a story. Now, they got Armstrong back on Sunday, and he closed out this, the second game, or mm-hmm. he closed out Sunday's game, which yep. was nice. Yes. Because, and they, they traded for a pitch or two since last we talked. That's right. Robert Stevenson from the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, and interesting. So I, I follow a few Pirates beat writers on Twitter. Right. And so they, you know, announce the trade, and you start looking at the comments on the tweets. 
<laughs> oh, great. Stevens is now going to be the reliever of the year. You know, he's going to go from a five whatever ERA to a point nine by the end of the year. And, you know, Pirates. no, not the Rays. I mean, that's kind of, you know, the, 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 the feeling Why? of the, with the Pittsburgh fan base is don't trade with the Rays last time. I remember that Chris Archer deal with uh, Meadows and, uh, Glass now and Boz. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tyler. Um, yeah. They're getting fleeced again. Oh, no. We suck again. Yeah. That's, 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 that's understandable. But yeah, they, they need, he's a major league reliever. He said, what, his ERA is around five. And by the time he's done here, it'll be about two. That's what they're so, hoping. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Saturday I was, a, I was coaching a soccer tournament and you know, I had the check in the phone and okay, it's three nothing, it's four nothing, four one. All right. And then all yeah, of a sudden you're like, good. What, 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 seven, uh, four, what? what, what happened? What happened, man? Like, it was like, what? Jalen and, and Beeks Meanwhile, happened. you're texting me going, the bullpen. I was like, I was like, <laughs> oh, like, man, geez. what happened? <laughs> I know. Here we go. I thought you were watching. You were at a soccer tournament. I was at a dance recital. No, neither one of us could watch all that much. I did watch some of the game on uh, on my phone, as I said. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's, you know, they, they know they have to address this. They're trying to address it. And John Romano wrote a, wrote a column about this and before Lyle's injury. But he, he said, like, okay, so and this is the – of all juxtapositions the Rays find themselves in, will they have to trade one of their bats for an arm? <laughs> so two things. One, you have so many bats you can afford to trade one. Which, and two, when, when did you ever expect to say that about the <laughs> never, Rays? Never. And two, um, you're out of arms? <laughs> I mean, this is the organization that finds them from everywhere, and it doesn't seem to matter. If, but they, they've always had the Durham shuttle, you know. Um and and it seems as if they're running low on pitching where they might actually have to trade a bat. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's just really funny to me. But that might be where they're at. I mean, they, they're at some point, they will have to get better, uh, certainly, um, in the bullpen. And and help is on the way. Like I said, we mentioned Armstrong came in. I think he his final pitch was probably like in the upper, mid to upper 90s, taking strike three to close out the game on Sunday. So he's a hard thrower, and then they're hoping to get uh, Andrew Kittredge is coming back fairly soon, I believe. That would well. be a huge return, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he can mm-hmm. pitch like like we know Andrew Kittredge can pitch, yes. with Fairbanks out right now, mm-hmm. having Kittredge and Adam to basically be the back end. That's right. And Armstrong can you know help get you there. It mm-hmm. looks a lot better, and if Fairbanks can come back soon, yeah. You know, now you start going. Okay, now our A bullpen, I kind of like. Now I, I'm I'm more confident in the A bullpen. Maybe not the. And B, you got some depth but, too. Mm-hmm. It's not just the same guys going out there in the eighth and ninth inning. Yes, exactly. So, and and you got to make sure there's no other injuries along the way. But right, I mean that game Sunday. Um, you know they they're up. It seems like they're up comfortably four to two, or Saturday. I'm sorry, Saturday night's mm-hmm. game, and um, they get two outs in the ninth on three pitches. Um and they had who's their best reliever now? Their closer is Jason uh, Adams. Uh, Jason Adams. So Adams out there, he throws three pitches, two outs. You're thinking, okay, well, you know, this is this is great mm-hmm. on a lot of levels. One, he's going to save the game, and two, he's going to use very few pitches to do it. So then you get uh, walk hit by pitch, <laughs> yep. something like that. And now it's first and second with the tying run at the plate, and you get a deep count there, and then the guy kind of. Gets a hump humpback liner to center that Jose Suri makes the damnedest greatest play you've ever seen. Diving, makes the catch to end the game. That ball gets down, gets by him. Who knows what's going to happen? It's at least a tie game. It's at least a tie. Right. Exactly right. 
So he makes the play of the day, and then, of course, he's out because of his shoulder. I don't know if you heard on that play or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the easy ones, right, three pitch, two out in the ninth, up by two runs, end up being an absolute nail-biter, you know? And that's that's with the, what you currently have in Jason Adam, your, your, your A bullpen. So there's just nothing coming easy for the Rays right now. It isn't, but they're still 42-19, and 19, still the only team in baseball with 40 wins. Crazy. Uh you know they st- they just they, they continue to find ways to do it even though this year looks very different than years past yeah in years past they would get the wins because their bullpen or their pitching staff was so good right um and, and the defense was so good and and that even on this road trip has been a little shaky um mm-hmm. you know as far in Chicago particularly i mean the two winning runs for the two games the cubs won were on defensive miscues yeah uh but you know the the bats on this team, it, it's been incredible to watch this year. I mean, it's so much fun. Haven't we talked for years about? Wouldn't it be nice to have a team that could hit? Oh, jeez. And, and, and up and down the line. I mean, they always had a hitter or two here and there, and and guys would get. But hot it was usually times, about but, five deep, right? You yeah. never could go through the lineup. Yeah, but you start looking at the lineup now, and you're like, you're confident all these guys are going to hit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even it, your catcher. I mean, Bethancourt. I mean, he is. Maybe not quite as good, but even Bethancourt, you're like, okay, I'm confident in him. Taylor yeah. Walls, you know, and then you just start going through the lineup, and it's 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 fun. It's yeah, it's so much fun to watch these guys hit, and they kind of feed off each other too. Yeah, they do. They they put a lot of pressure on you, and and um, they turn that lineup over really quick. Even um, uh, yeah, I think I think Mejia had some big at bats when he mm-hmm. finally got to play the other day, and he had a knock and, and, and some big hits. The other thing that I was a little concerned about until I heard it explained after the game, they talked to Tyler Glass now, when he pitched one of those games on Saturday. It's a Saturday night game. Yeah. Um, the velocity was down, and he struggled with with a little bit of control. He got behind some hitters. His his breaking stuff was really, really good. So he got the swing and miss there. But they were like, anything about the velo? Like, he goes, well, it's cold. It's 48, 48 degrees and drizzle when the game starts. Yeah, just miserable conditions. And he's like, I just never – he kept saying, I just never felt right. I was just never right. My mechan- I just didn't th- wasn't throwing the ball right. It just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, is that mecha- – you know, because your velo was down. He's like, no, I couldn't feel right. Like, <laughs> I was just – and I think it's as simple as that. It's, it's cold, you know. I mean, that, that'll do it's things nice to your June body. nice on June 3rd it was 48 degrees for a baseball yeah. game. Yeah. Just brutal. I mean, they were bundled up the entire series. Even on Sunday, it was 52. Um, so if you turn on the TV, you saw all those uh, child fans. You know, they're just up there with big jackets and things behind the whole plate. They were freezing. But um, that can get you. But Glasnow says, no, nothing to worry about. I feel I feel fine. Otherwise, I just couldn't get comfortable. And that's understandable. And even though, you know, and Taj Bradley walked a bunch of guys that, you know, that this has sort of been a thing when he went back to Durham and a little bit since he's been here, but way too many first batters on base mm-hmm. uh, in that game. But I still – I keep saying to myself, the guy's, what, 22, and he's got electric stuff. And you know what? After all those struggles, he only gave up two runs, man. And you take that – like with this offense, you take that every every start for him. I don't like that four of the five leadoff hitters got on base. No. But he held him to two runs over that time. Like, he got himself into some trouble. Yes, he did. But got himself out of trouble. And that's what you want to see a young pitcher learn how to do. Absolutely. You know, he yeah, he's still 22 years old. 
He still mm-hmm. made what five, six, seven, whatever starts it is now in the majors, maybe eight yeah. or whatever. But yeah, you know, he's learning. He's growing. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. got into some trouble. He found ways to get out of it for the most part, and that's, that's what right. you want to see to develop and grow and continue to to blossom in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to go out there and be Shane, Shane McClanahan right now or mm-hmm. Tyler Glass. Now. I mean, you know, these are veteran pitchers that have been doing it. He's learning how to do this against the best hitters in the world. So, yeah. you know, but you like to see that when he gets in a jam, it doesn't snowball on him. It doesn't speed up. He mm-hmm. did, he didn't look, he never looked rattled. It didn't speed up on him. He may continue to make good pitches and you're right. His stuff is good enough that he can get he can wriggle off of that. So that's maturity. That's those are all positive signs you look for with a young player. He's going to be really really good. I may miss my mark on this. But I've seen enough guys come up that that just is, if he'll let his stuff play, and if he can control it um, and stay ahead of hitters, he's a different pitcher, obviously, because he's got some wipeout breaking stuff. But when you can get ahead on guys and and place a fastball, and some of the pitches, quite frankly, that he walked guys on, they were like borderline, and and yeah, they missed maybe the box by, you know, not even half a baseball. But he was all over the strike zone. He just he wasn't, and sometimes rightfully so, he wasn't getting the call strike three. Um, and you kind of credit the Red Sox for taking some really tough two-strike pitches, um, but he managed to walk those guys, and so that part wasn't good. But, yeah, overall, you'll take, and Kevin Cash said this too, we're, we're more than happy with what Taj Bradley has been able to give us uh, coming up here and, and nailing down that that starting spot in the rotation. So uh, the Rays, yeah, afternoon game today, and um, you got Shane McClanahan on the mound. You got your ace out there. You got a chance to win the series take three out of four against the Red Sox after dropping one of those games on Saturday. So it could be a really good, uh, a really good series for them. All right. Talk a little buck football here in just a second, but first I want to remind you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's very simple. It's called may electric solar. That's right. You've thought about this. They're a family owned and operated company. They've been installing solar electric systems now for 13 years in an area. A lot of those companies are out there, but I'm here to tell you that may electric solar is committed to you for the long term. How long will they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty? Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection. That's for all your appliances. It's what they call the May difference. If you visit the Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. They will customize it to your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So all those folks up there on the roof putting in those solar panels as a Billy Mays guys, and that is important. If you start saving today, you can do that by calling the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, and preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. All right, the Bucks will be back out there Tuesday for their uh, OTAs, and they have one one more week of those, and then the uh, mandatory minicamp will be June 13th through the 15th. And that's memorable because it sort of ends the off-season program and begins our vacations, which is all very good stuff. Uh, I wrote a notes column. You can check it out on TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times. Led with Anton Winfield Jr. I had a chance to talk to him uh, last week. And if you recall, you know, first of all, for him to be out there, I think is impressive. There's not a ton of starting veterans that are at these OTAs. They are voluntary, so you don't always get the full squad. But Winfield Jr. has... Uh, been sort of a regular there and I I think it's important uh, well he likes to just be out there anyway but it's important for him because he's he's making a move sort of back to free safety remember last year uh, they decided to move him sort of down in the box a little bit as more or less I'd say two-thirds of his um, assignments were as a slot corner close to the line of scrimmage Um, and, and from there he was very impactful. I mean, he could he could affect the game uh, by by stopping the run. Obviously, he had a lot of tackle for losses. He was a very good blitzer. Uh, he does a nice job with that. And then he could cover tight ends and running backs if need be, and especially tight ends. The problem is, is that Winfield Jr. is not the biggest guy in the world. He's five foot nine, and that's generous, and two hundred three pounds. And it took a toll on him, and took a physical toll on him playing in there. You know, Ronnie Barger, Barber was kind of a freak of nature. He was able to do it at a similar size, but uh, uh, managed not to get hurt, played all those games in a row. But last year, because of an assortment of injuries, Winfield Jr. missed four games. And now, you know, you have a guy like Mike Edwards uh, who has signed with the Chiefs as a free agent. Um, and so they're they're down some safeties. And, you know, what Todd Bowles is looking for is is two things. One, move Winfield back further into the secondary to preserve you know, his body and, and keep him on the field. And two, you like him as a center fielder because he's a guy that can really track the football back there and make some interceptions, and they need more turnovers. So when we talk to Winfield, um, he, of course, is willing to do pretty much whatever they ask him to do. Um, but he said, you know, it's it's somewhat similar, but he'll just be in the middle of the field more. And so he thinks that that will allow him to, you know, play around and cover things more of a, as a center fielder type thing uh, than he did when he was just over the slot receiver. So uh, a lot more ability to make plays on the ball. Last year the Bucks forced uh, 20 turnovers, and when they won the Super Bowl they had like 25. So they certainly want more turnovers, and and so that's you know that's that's an, an effort to do two things: create more turnovers and also preserve what is arguably one of their top two three players depending on the game on defense because he can impact it in so many ways. Also uh, wrote about, um, have you seen this viral video where where Mayfield and Trask just missed receivers really badly? (laughs) It was posted by, um, I think it was Channel 10. Yeah, it didn't look very good. I mean, you know, it's granted, it's the Underwear Olympics, and as you pointed out, new offense, Mm -hmm. thrown to guys they haven't thrown to before or not very much. Yep, all that. You know, there's, there's a lot of things going into that. Really was, 
but that's not really what you want to see. No, it was ugly, ugly stuff. And it was Kyle Berger, um, I want to get this right, ABC Action News posted, it went viral. Um, so good for Kyle, he got a really good video. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, Mayfield throws one over the head of a, of a tight end named Dominic Daphne, which frankly, if you told me Dominic Daphne was on the Bucks yesterday, I may not have known that. Um, and then and then and then Trask overthrows Kate Otten, which doesn't make much sense except that he probably didn't throw to Kate Otten a lot last year. So against air, you know, and Dave Canales talks about this all the time. You got to be able to make those me to you throws. You know, it's the me to you throws you got to make, and they couldn't, uh, at least in this in this snippet. Now I will say this, because everybody had fun with it. It's like, wow, what a bad quarterback situation they have in Tampa. Well, yeah, Tom Brady's gone. Okay. Um, and they didn't have a draft pick that they drafted this year anyway at quarterback. So you got Kyle Trask, who's kind of been you know that number three guy for two years, and he's getting his first bite of the apple to compete as a starter. And then this is the fourth team that Mayfield has been on, but it's the first offseason he's had in some time to actually get in there and learn uh, his teammates and the offense because he had five different head coaches in Cleveland and, of course, a different one in, in two, of, two different coaches in, in Carolina. So – you know, they're they probably each guy has probably thrown over five hundred passes conservatively in OTA so far this year, right? And so to take, you know, a pat and go and a couple misses and say, yeah, this is representative of who they who they are and, and what they've done so far, it's, it's it's misleading at best. But yes, does it look bad? NFL quarterback not being able to make the media you throw against air, sure it does. But are they a finished product? No. But it also hammers home a point I've been making, and no one will agree with me, and that's fine, least of all the Buccaneers, and I can't tell them how to do their jobs because if I was any good at it, I'd be doing it instead, of, and they'd be writing about me. Um, but but here again, what you saw were two quarterbacks trying to get in rhythm with a new offense and new players, right? And guys they're not familiar with throwing to all the time. Certainly Bayfield wasn't even here, and, and Trask had limited work with ones for sure. Um, so that's why they want to get him with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But this just illustrates to me further, like the sooner they can settle on a starter, the better. Because right now, no matter who they start in September in Minnesota on the first regular season game, that guy, according to their current plan, is going to have missed half the reps. So if you want to avoid more scenes like Trask and Mayfield throwing balls against air and not hitting them to players they're not familiar with, get the guy who's going to matter in September as many reps as possible. Now, you know, Canales has said this many times and others that, well, we don't think it'd be fair to do it that way. We, you know, could, could do we just declare Mayfield the starter or Trask the starter? Sure, you could. But there's no competition out there. So it's unfair, and then the guy that doesn't get the job starts thinking he's the backup, so he's not pushing the other guy. And but a lot of this is just football etiquette. It's just iron sharpens iron, and, and you got to earn everything you get. And I, okay, I get it. But what does that mean in September? What does that mean when you line up against the Vikings? Well, what it means is because of this, you've taken half the reps, and and that's what I mean by like when you see plays like that. You're just like, you know, whoever it is, whether it's Trask or, you know, or Mayfield, that guy needs time. He needs all the reps. He needs all the throws. He needs all the looks he can get. Um, you know, and I'm not saying you can, you know, you don't alternate pat and goes. You do obviously, but I'm terms in terms of like 
the offense, when they go good against good in, in, in training camp, when they go number one offense against number one defense, the more reps that starter gets in training camp, the better he's going to be at Minnesota. So I don't know, you know, Canales says they played this all the way through the preseason in Seattle with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. If they do that here, I think it's going to wind up hurting one of those guys. But what do I know? I'm just sort of watching from afar. But, yeah, uh, I think that video like that highlights the fact that both these guys, and and they may, they may counter it and say, well, that's what we mean by we don't know who's going to be the starter, so they both need to take the shots because, you know, Trask isn't comfortable with these guys either because he's been on the bench for two years. I get it. I truly get it. But if your job is to evaluate who the best starter is uh, for your football team, and you're talking about things like Moxie that we talked about last year or last week that, you know, Todd Bowles used to describe Baker Mayfield back in April. And he says he's looking for it now. I mean, I, I think everything's skewing towards Baker Mayfield. Maybe I'm wrong. Could be wrong as rain. Okay, if it's Trask, then give him all the reps. Like, make the evaluation and go for it. But, yeah, it was it was a tough video to watch for sure. And then finally, uh, we we talked about Tom Brady uh, not playing next year. And then he came out with some videos after we uh, did the podcast on Thursday for Friday's show. Uh, and he emphatically said he was not playing in 2023. So I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I think he doesn't plan on playing in 2023. Yeah, I agree. Does that yeah. mean he will not play in 2023? Well, that may be a little different answer. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he has the intention of. Yeah. Mike Florio wrote about this. And of course, Mike, you know, is all things Brady. Um, but what he said was true, I thought, in a couple senses. Like, one, we don't know why he decided to come up now. Maybe he was just tired of hearing the speculation. Or there's a vote that's going to come up at some point, assuming they execute the deal he did with the with the, the Las Vegas Raiders and Mark Davis to become a minority owner. And you have to have that approved. If you want to be an owner in this league, you have to have 24 to 32 uh, owners say yes. And it's a, it's a very quaint club that you have to be invited to join and so maybe in the minds of these owners they're thinking "Mm, i don't think he's done playing i don't want to vote for him and and this is his attempt to reassure them that no i have no intentions of playing now the the key to that is when are they going to execute this deal we've heard about it and mark davis confirmed it but until it's put in front of the ownership he's a free agent like any other player out there right now and then the bigger test, whether it's with the Raiders, and he'd also need permission from the owners if he does become a minority owner with the Raiders, to then, if he wanted to play for the Raiders, they'd have to do the same thing. And you have to hope he didn't get nine no votes that would keep him from playing. But assuming that that's not executed, the big test for Brady has always is always going to be, or certainly that first year that he does this, because he hasn't proven he can retire yet. Uh, and this is on him, by the way. There's, no one made him come back and play after he was out for 40 days and said he was done, and we, we saw his video memorial to his to his career, and then he was back again. So he's done this to himself. Um, but the real test is not now, not in the offseason when he's doing everything he does every offseason, which is to say not playing football. He never went to OTAs. He never did those things, and he is throwing the ball. He acknowledged that. I'm st- I can still throw it. I, I'm just not going to be doing it competitively on Sunday. Once the games start or we get close to the game startings, or the, or the games actually do start and some quarterbacks get hurt, if Tom Brady's available to anyone, including the Raiders, those phone calls are going to be made. They'd have to be. And 
and knowing Tom Brady, he does not want to take himself out of any opportunity. He gets him thrown at him all the time, things we don't even hear about. Um, and so it sure sounded like a guy that is telling everybody, I'm done. You know, don't call me, I'm done. But they will call uh, up until the point where, you know, he continues to go through a full season and doesn't play. Um, but the temptation will be, yeah, what if? What if you? What if the season starts? What if you get to December and there's a month left in the year and, they, and you know, Miami, or well, if he's with Oakland, if he does a minority deal, he can only play for the Raiders, but Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. But if he doesn't sign the deal, some other quarterback goes down. You know those calls are going to be made to Don Yee and to, and to his agent and Tom Brady, and he will take the call. I believe he will take the call. So retired for now. We'll see what happens with the ownership deal. And then we'll see what happens really when the big test is, and that's when the season starts. All right, so uh, we can uh, take some mailbag questions this week. Of course, as always, want to tell you how to do that. You send them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me at NFL Stroud on Twitter, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Shane McClanahan on the mound for the Tampa Bay Rays as they wrap up this series, the makeup game for the rainout. Uh, they'll, they'll do that today at 4 o'clock uh, in Boston and see if they can uh, take the series against the Red Sox. We'll talk about all of that tomorrow, as well as the Bucks OTAs for Steve Bursnick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in-person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 